listening to Love, Sex, Business with the Boss Ladies of Detroit. I'm your host, Ayanna Williams-Jones, owner of Twin Resorts, Pedicure and Shoes to Go Day Spa, and Boss Ladies of Detroit Business Consulting. And I'm Naya Marshall. I own Ivy Kitchen and Cocktails, Diamo Development, and Detroit Decontamination. And we're your hosts for the official Boss Ladies of Detroit podcast. Welcome to Love, Sex, Business with the Boss Ladies of Detroit. I'm Ayana Williams-Jones, the owner of Pedicure and Shoes to Go Day Spa, Twin Resorts, and the soon-to-come publishing company. Yes. And I'm Naya Marshall, co-host. I own Ivy Kitchen. I own Diamo Development, a small development firm in the city. And I also own Detroit Decontamination. And today, our guest is Robin Kinney who owns the wonderful studio that we record in every week. Um, she is the president of Motor City Woman, a custom-built broadcast studio with services in digital radio, podcast production, voiceover, and audiobook recordings. She is also president of Audio Engineers of Detroit, an audio engineering trade school. Robin serves as the Detroit chapter head of soundgirls.org a national organization focused on increasing the number of women in audio engineering. Her service for others extends to volunteering as an advisory board member for Y Arts, the Arts and Humanities branch of the YMCA of Metropolitan Detroit. She is also dedicated to creating a platform for underrepresented voices in broadcasting and podcasting as a contributor to the podcast Business Journal. Robin highlights issues of diversity of inclusion within the industry. She recently completed the top 10 mistakes new podcasters make. I'm sure we're on that list. (laughs) Available for download on Amazon. She holds an undergraduate degree from the Eli Broad College of Business and a master's degree in higher adult lifelong education from a school which we will not hold against her because they're (laughs) Martians. We won't even name it. (laughs) Michigan State University. Robin has been recognized by Walker's Legacy as part of the top 25 women leading in the Detroit community, the Association for Women in Communications, a diversity business leader by Corp magazine, and was honored with the proclamation from Mayor Kelly Garrett, Mayor of Lathrop Village. Robin is a wife and mother of three children, which she considers her true life's passion. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Welcome, Robin. Robin. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for having me. So tell us about yourself. I just read this awesome intro to you, you know, besides the Michigan State part, but, you know, but tell us more about yourself. Well, I'm a native Detroiter and growing up in the city of Detroit, I listened to Martha Jean the Queen every day. So if you're of a certain age, you remember listening to Martha Jean the Queen. And when I was in the back of my mother's red Ford Tempo, that was what I listened to every day. And that really laid the foundation, I believe, for the work that I'm doing today. Awesome. What what part of Detroit are you from? I grew up all over. Okay. I've lived downtown on East Jefferson. All right. I've lived on the west side off of Schoolcraft. West Mo- side is the best side. Well, I've lived like all over the city. Right now, most of my family members are on the west side now. Okay. Out of drive. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, in a tempo, listen to Martha Jean the mm-hmm. Queen. You decide, I'm going to go into radio somehow, some way. So, okay, we get there. How has this journey been? Like, the start. What? Where did you start at? Did you start out um, 
hosting anywhere mm-hmm. or um, becoming a host on radio or anything like that? How, how did this process start for you? Well, it certainly wasn't a straight line. Mm-hmm. I went to school initially to become a veterinarian. Oh. I've always loved animals and thought that that was going to be my career path. Although after the first semester, I said, no, nah, this isn't it, and changed my major to business. That happens. Oh, my goodness. And so after graduating from school, I actually stayed in East Lansing, and my first job was as an admissions counselor. I had the fun job of traveling to other states to recruit. So that was my first time in New York and Atlanta and Chicago. But I got homesick, moved back to Detroit, and um, worked for a very small nonprofit organization on the east side, which I loved. And my job was to help all of the small businesses on the corridor, whether they needed um, some streetlights fixed, they needed a new facade, they needed signage, they needed an accountant. And I really loved it. I never saw entrepreneurship for myself, ever. I thought that this was going to be my career helping others and writing business plans and things of that nature. However, um, after 10 years, I found myself just sitting like, there has to be something else. Something's missing. I don't know. Can't put my finger on it. As I'm sitting there listening to talk radio, always love talk radio. And I always thought, gosh, there's not a lot of black women hosting shows anymore. You know, you got Mildred Gaddis. You had Karen Dumas for a while. Right. But, and they're, they're still out there. Oh, they're yes, not, of course. You know, there's just not, yeah, she's not They're hosting. not getting that promo. Yeah. They're certainly not getting their promo. And what's the, the next chapter sure. of representation in that? So I started with hosting my own show on Radio 1, and it was simply called the Motor City Woman Radio Show. Came on on Sunday afternoons. Loved it. And I interviewed entrepreneurs, um, businesswomen all across the city. But after, I would say, three or four months, you know, the light bulb again went off and thinking, okay, this platform is bigger than myself and there needs to be other voices heard than just of my own. And with divine intervention, my partner, um, who's also my husband, um, has an audio engineering background. So I went to him and said, what would it look like if we had our own radio station? Mm -hmm. And he was like, I don't understand. I was like, okay, so... I'm the visionary. So, like, walk with me down this whole new radio station where we cultivate the next generation of media that looks like us. And so we started off in a shared space not far from here where we were able to rent time by the hour because I was still working full time. I just had my third child. He was working full time. So that's what we could afford. And we thought that, oh, we will organically outgrow this space in like a year or so. Two months in, we needed more time more than time. what they could a lot. So here we were looking for our own space, and that's where we are today. So it has evolved over time based on the needs of our clients. You know, um, we're doing podcasts now, but I remember when we were just doing digital radio, our first podcast client calling us saying, do you do podcasts? And I had to Google podcasts. <laughs> now, this is like five years ago. And I was like, oh, it's like on-demand radio. Right. I get it. Yeah, we do that. Absolutely. And my my mantra is always, I always say yes and figure it out later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what happened. So I heard you say, my partner, my husband, mm-hmm. how important is it to have that support of someone you love that's like in the trenches with you um, on a day-to-day? Like, you know, 
like you both share that passion mm-hmm. and even if it's not sharing a passion like it's not his passion his passion is to see you happy because you're his wife mm-hmm. how has that been well you know I think what has helped us in our relationship is we have very clear and defined roles mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even know what he looks like like he is not visible out in the community like I am that's what he prefers mm-hmm. um, we are in the process of opening up our second location in Midtown awesome. Detroit. Awesome. And so Uh-oh. thank you. Closer. closer. Right. We're getting closer. <laughs> and um, we were talking to our um, PR person today and she said, well, who's going to be the face? And I said, well, I think it should be a couple like, a, you know, two. and he's like, no, I think Robin should be the face. I was like, OK, so we have very clear. So when we're at home, we're mom and dad. Um we the couple. Talk, uh, right. Of course, we talk about some work at home, but I really try to make it very defined. He doesn't come up here often unless there's a technical issue that sure, I can't sure. solve. Right. He right. Very clear and defined roles. And I think that's what has helped us to maintain. I got a question for you. So mm-hmm. do you like to be in front of the camera and, or behind? Because you have du- your role. There's duality within your role. So what, what, what does that look like for you? My preference is behind. Okay. I am rarely in front of the camera. And I think when I had my own radio show, I enjoyed it. um, But I don't know if I'll ever have my own show again. Because I I really like putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, If I was to have my own show, I don't even know what that would look like right now. So that's my preference. Um, I am an introvert. Very much so. Like so, like sitting here, not knowing what you guys are going to ask me. I'm like, what, the seat, what's Robin? the run of show? <laughs> what are the questions? In the hot seat. <laughs> so when you started, okay, you knew you wanted to start your business. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did that come about? Did you like have savings? Did you have to go for a loan? Did you do a business plan? What was that process for you? That's a great question because I think a lot of people don't think about the financial aspect, the planning aspect. They think, I got this idea. Everyone's going to love it. I got to jump out there. Well, when you have miles to feed and you have a mortgage and expenses, you know, you really have to think strategically. So um, when I was pregnant with my third child and I was still working full time, I worked two additional years after Motor City Woman was launched because we weren't at the point yet of being able to replace my income. Sure. So that was that was definitely difficult for us, but we had to, to make it happen um, in order for both of us to feel comfortable. I've only been full-time, a full-time entrepreneur for the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah, so before that, um, you know, we both kept our jobs. So, no, we didn't get a loan, and that was important to me. And it was important because I didn't want anyone telling me how to run my business. Exactly. That was the yeah. main thing. I was if just, that were the case, you would have stayed an employee, <laughs> I right? I would have stayed an employee. Like, I would have stayed an employee. But, you know, people tell me different things, like use someone else's money, you know, don't use your own money. And I was like, uh, we use savings. Same, mm-hmm. same. We use savings and said, you know what, let's start where we are. We started small. Mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of bartering. I love to barter. Mm-hmm. So um, marketing is not my strong point, you know, graphic design, but I know people who can. So I said, what can I offer you in order Absolutely. to get, you know, things of that nature? So that has really helped us um, as we've grown. And I, I'm hoping, and my advice would be for other entrepreneurs to think about that, like how 
is the the business going to replace your income? Yeah. Don't just jump also, out there. It's, it's the sustainability of it, right? Definitely. So you use, I mean, I, I've been reading a lot on business statistics, especially within our own community, the black mm-hmm. community, and being a black woman. So did you know that almost 47%, so 47% of the businesses that have closed in this country during the pandemic have been black owned. Mm-hmm. Wow. 47%. Well, that's and because of that forty-seven percent, twenty-nine percent of them were women-owned businesses, mm-hmm. black women-owned businesses. I believe it. And so, and I think when I think about, you know, you and I, we've had this conversation a few times. Mm-hmm. When I think about the solvency of a business, right? Like, what makes you sustainable? What says you have longevity? And you know, because during the pandemic, the first thing people did was go and grab loans. Yeah. You know, for not the forgivable loans. Everybody's going to, that's basically free money. Everybody's going to take that. But when you have to go and grab loans, mm-hmm. right, and you have not, and you're not creating new revenue streams, mm-hmm. it's different mm-hmm. if you're pulling in a loan and you're saying, you know what, this loan is going to help this sustain because we're going to add this revenue, right. this source of income, another source of income. But if you're just doing that to sustain what you have, that's a bad approach to me. You right. need to cut expenses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And think about adding revenue streams. Well, especially now that we're in the second shutdown. Exactly. That who I mean, could have predicted that? Exactly. That who knows how long January, it's going to happen? We're probably going to be back in full shutdown. Yeah. I you know? really think that she's going to reverse it in the way that she I certainly hope she up. does it because she's making my She's definitely yeah. <laughs> I mean, trimming my bank account. For it's sure. Every, yeah. For sure. And a lot of people, you know, as soon as she announced the shutdown, there were people, you know, Channel 7 went to restaurants and went to like bowling alleys and was like, awesome. oh, know, I know my and, media and, contacts. They were all over. Naya, can you make a statement? Naya, I was on Channel Four, Channel Two, Cranes, uh, yeah. Eater. I mean, all my media contacts. Within an hour of her making that That's statement, true. they were calling me. How do you know? And I'm gonna just be real with you. I I just don't like it. You know, I think it's unfair. You know, obviously, I'm I in agree. the hospitality business because how is it that you can go shopping and go to Target and go to Home Depot, but you can't come in here and buy food? Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of just ridiculous but, to and, me. And you're still in the same and you, space. And then you think about the millions of people that have had it already. So they're suffering as well, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. I understand, but I don't agree with the approach. Right. That's what, that's well, what I, I was saying. I feel like they should have did it a different route. So knowing how drastic it was to the society the first down, mm-hmm. the first time when they announced it yeah. in the economic shutdown mm-hmm. that it did for millions of companies, knowing that this winter we were going to get it again, it was already a day. Like, I already knew we right, were going right. to. So knowing that and knowing what you went through in the first, I would have offered the money first. First. Mm-hmm. To, the, first. to the businesses. Right. To businesses that have already received it, already established right. in the system. Yeah. Right. And because they know me. who we are. Yeah. <laughs> right. They and, know we and exist. Be, and because the thing is this, and that would have helped them with their unemployment. Because now you're right. going to shut me down. Right. You're going to force these people. They said unemployment rates went right. The unemployment line. Sure right, did. Of course. Everyone. There, there's soon no as people have to eat. Yes. And as soon as you announce it, no one's going back to work. They're like, oh, I'm getting my $600 again. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what I'm trying to prevent. So I have my staff working because I lost all of Literally almost 90% of my staff, wow. which means I had to retrain them on Ivy's mm-hmm. processes or, or everything. And it was real chaotic. It was literally like opening up a new restaurant when I reopened. And I was dreading it. And now, 
fast forward, we're finally getting in the motion where I've trained right. people. We're back to normal. Food isn't taking an hour to come out. You know, we're at a 15-minute ticket time. You know, people are understanding who we are, what a brand is, what we represent, and appreciating that. And, and then they shut it down again. Back on shut down. But enough mm-hmm. of that. Let's go back. So I do I do agree with you on the approach of using your own money and building slowly. You know, obviously, some people have a lot of money. <laughs> That's, right. That wasn't the case for me. <laughs> me and, 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 you know, and so they're allowed to go out and make this huge leap. Right. But I think the, you know, go, I think the businesses that sustain a little bit more are the more st- ones that think strategically. You mm-hmm. know, and look I at think- you. You reopened. Yeah. During a pandemic. Yeah. Wow. And your business is going well. Yeah. You know, so. But a lot of that has to do with the business planning. Right. Um, and, and that's, you know, speaking to your statistics about the 47% mm-hmm. and, the, you know, it's, it's really about a lot of people get the idea. Mm-hmm. They jump into it and they really don't do the business. Plan. Because it looks so easy because Instagram has made it. Look yeah. like well, I'm like uh. well because they don't get to see us exactly when we when you know they don't get to see us at home they don't get to see me trying to my, figure things with out with my two pippy long stocking right braids talking not about not the glamorous <laughs> thing you know looking at these bills right exactly they <laughs> see the panels and yeah. oh you know you all dressed up and I'm like mm. and, you and, have no and, idea and then uh. they they see the now version yeah. they don't yeah. get to see. The before version, when you're like up to two or three o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. the relationships that you have mm-hmm. lost because, you know, once yeah. you get on this path, you're going to lose a lot of people. I get people every day. They're telling me I'm acting funny and I'm not there anymore. I'm busy. Well, it's not. I think it, <laughs> let, 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 let me address that, too, because, you know, uh, and I'm going to put it out there. You know, I, I think the black women are harsh. You know, I, every negative review I've gotten on my wow. restaurant has been by a black woman. Mm-hmm. And some of it is not even related to the restaurant. <laughs> some of it, the owner parks her, you know, her car, right? And, and you know, she prances. You know? <laughs> so, and I'm going like, you do know, like, I look like you. We're, the, we're, the, right, we're in this right, battle together. Right. We can't attack each other. And so um, my point for saying that is that... We are our own worst critics sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. I'm looking like, why are they doing this to me? I'm the same as you. I come mm-hmm. from where you come from. Mm-hmm. I haven't changed. What I had to realize is that I haven't changed. How you view me has changed. Has changed. Right. And right. you think. That's exactly it. You, I don't think I'm better than no. you. No. Yeah, you, you think, think I'm mm-hmm. better than you. I had a whole conversation. Um, we had Cousins Day. And one of my cousins was like, you have your favorites. And I'm like, I don't have my favorites. Mm-hmm. These are people that they want it as bad as I do. So they right. make that special right. effort to mm-hmm. say, okay, when you're busy, I'm still going to call you every other yeah. day yeah. and say, hey, Yana, can you do this? Hey, Yana, or I'm not ashamed to say, hey, I need help. Hey, I'm this. And you're over there on the sidelines. You're looking at what's going on and you're taking a whole different you know, instead of calling me, you're taking me coming up with your own judgment. Right, right, and it's right. It's like I still answer my phone. Call me. Don't assume I'm not going to answer. If I don't call, I at mm-hmm. least shoot your text or mm-hmm. you know. And people don't, you know, people don't realize that they're just automatically assumed. But it's like, listen, I'm in a business where I talk to people all freaking day. Right. I talk to staff. I talk to clients. So when I get home. That ain't my number one thing <laughs> is to talk to somebody. Right. 
And, and sometimes you just forget. Yeah. Honestly, well, I, I think get you called need to out. have a, a thick skin yeah. in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, because you're putting yourself out there. And like you said, you have to get used to people looking Having at you differently. Mm-hmm. Yep. And treating you differently. And you're like, okay. You know, I'm the same person. Right. Know? Well, I just look I at it like, changed. you know, how what they say about opinions. Yeah. So I love the name. <laughs> I can't wear her. I love the name Motor City Women. So what like what made you what made you make that your brand? Well, if you see in the reception area of the studio, I have um, two pictures up of family members. One is my great grandmother, my grandmother, and my great aunt from our home in Alabama. And the middle one is a picture of when we moved up here to Detroit, our first home um, in Boston Edison with my grandmother, my mother, and her sisters. And when I think of Motor City Woman, I think of the woman who's going to make it happen regardless. Yeah. Who has something to say and is her own best advocate. Yeah. So when we were thinking about what this radio station, because it started off as a radio station, said, I want it to be something where it's there's a tie to Detroit, because I am Detroit. Yeah, Detroit is absolutely. me. But not necessarily have the word Detroit in it. Mm-hmm. So how can we do this? So I started thinking, okay, well, you know, Motown, eh, and I was like, Motor City. And then I, of course, wanted the word woman in it. So it it's identifies who is speaking. And one of the, the main questions that I always get is, well, do you work with men? And I said, of course. You know, that's yeah. like saying a brand that has the word man in it, do they work with women? And um, I told someone that when we started the radio station, it wasn't a network just for women to talk about what's considered women's issues. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's a woman's perspective on all, all issues. issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, that was the difference. Um and and that's why Motor City Woman started. And even when we started um, researching the domain name, I was shocked that MotorCityWoman.com was available mm. on, like, all platforms, everything. The only thing we didn't get was Twitter. So we had to put ah. an underscore in front of it. But other than that, it was like it was waiting for me. It was the, the funny thing is, is... Um, that's one of the branding issues that we had mm. with Love Sex Business. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the name is Love Sex Business with Boss Ladies of Detroit. So everyone goes, well, do you interview men? And really? in doing, um, so the uh, branding and social team have been doing um, pre-campaigns. Mm-hmm. And they found out that, like, 60% of our listeners are our men. men. Our men. And so they were like, well, we don't know. Is it the pretty women on the cover or are they just interested in really what we have to say? And I said, well, we talk about a lot of business. Of course, yeah. And, course. you know, and a lot of men love the business. So it's yeah. just, you know, it's funny that. And, and men need help, too. You know, oh, sometimes yeah. they don't know you know, where to go and get their resources for help, you know, because we do talk about starting businesses, Mm -hmm. scaling businesses, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Taking them to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what we talk, we may be women saying it, but it's not what I would consider to be a woman's conversation. Right. Right. And that's the narrative that I believe media has to change, that 
because the message is coming from a woman that is only from women. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I agree with true. that. I yeah. agree with that. So um, my assistant, uh, she has sent me a message. She goes, I think we should go ahead and, and do Robin now because, you know, Robin has done some books too. <laughs> so tell us about your books. Ooh. I have. You know, over the years, and as we especially started getting more into podcasting, I realized and identified that there weren't a lot of women and certainly not black women who were presented as experts in podcasting. So I presented myself as a podcast expert based on, you know, the the work Your that parents. I'd done. Mm-hmm. And so the the first book that I released was The Top Ten Mistakes New Podcasters Make. So very quick, you know, an easy download. And these was just stories from the things that I experienced. Certainly. Um, recently we released the, uh, Motor City Woman Journal for New Podcasters, mm-hmm. a planner. And that's for people who, they just need help in getting organized. Mm-hmm. And, but it's specifically for podcasters. And we're already working on, you know, what the next step would be, but we really want to be that advocate in that space for women who want to podcast, don't know where to start, don't mm-hmm. know who to talk to. Uh, but want someone to tell them who looks like them, yeah. you know, or, or yeah. maybe feel more comfortable yeah. with someone who looks like them. So name us a couple of the mistakes that are in your top 10. Um, one of the, the main mistakes that I think a lot of new podcasters uh, make is they don't think about the monetization. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to monetize this right. podcast? This is a huge platform. This is an industry that's growing by leaps and bounds. And you see these huge brands that now have podcasts, you know, a Nike podcast. You know, you have Beaumont Hospital that has a podcast. So what is it that they don't know, uh, that you don't know that they know? And it's the monetization part. And bridging the gap between what you want this podcast to do Mm-hmm. And how it is aligned with your brand or your company or your organization. So mm-hmm. I think that's uh, um, something that a lot of podcasters don't think about. They think, oh, I'm just sitting down, I'm having fun. And I'm like, no, time is money. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how are you monetizing it? Are you selling merchandise? You know, do you have hats? Do you have T-shirts? Do right. you have mugs? Do you have do ads? You, yeah, do you have ads? Do you have mm-hmm. sponsors? You yeah. know, I've really coached a lot of podcasters like, you know, take that free hat off because I've worked with some podcasters where you have to pay to be a guest on mm-hmm. their podcast because yeah. they've grown their platform, yeah, sure, you know, sure. to that to that. I effect. know a couple, actually. Yeah. So what are some ways you can monetize your podcast? Oh. What are some non-traditional ways? Because we know about the, uh, you can monetize it via sponsorship, merchandise. You know, what are, what are some other ways? You know, one way that I really like that has, of course, slowed down because of the pandemic would be live events. Um, before the shutdown, there were two podcasts that came to the soundboard at Motor City Casino, and I saw them on a huge billboard off of the Lodge Freeway. And the basically, so of course, I followed them, so I, I just wanted to see the setup. And it was just two chairs on a stage, and they invited all of their followers, and the drinks were flowing, and people were able to ask questions, and it was just... Mm. They, and then they released the recording as a podcast episode. Oh, wow. Okay, and I'll even take it a step further. One of the the first podcasts that featured two black women um, was called Two Dope Queens. And Two Dope Queens was... Is that on HBO? 
It was. Yeah. And that leads me down my, my trail that I'm taking you. Um, two dope queens were like a unicorn. At that point, there were no black women who were in the top 10 of Apple podcast listing. So two dope queens, they grew their platform. They ended up having a live show at the Apollo and they recorded that. So they sold tickets for people to come see them live record an episode. They recorded it and then they sold the rights to HBO. Ah, that's a check. That's a check. 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 That's a nice check. And you can only watch it by being subscribed to HBO. Yeah, because I'm looking like, that sounds familiar. Benny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashtag Benny. <laughs> um, we need you to um, make sure that we're going to, you Look, know, live. Where, where, where is our viewership? <laughs> <laughs> I call that the Beyonce um, formula. Right. Where you do Coachella. And you say, oh, I'll do it for a lesser amount, but I own, but the, rights. I own the rights. And then yes. I sell it. Yeah. So Vinny just came on and gave us the thumbs up. <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, so did you self-publish? Did you go through a publishing company? You know, for the planner, we self-published. Mm-hmm. And the the top 10 mistakes was just an e-auto um, download okay. that we okay. released. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like dipping my toe into that. I've been keeping some notes of, of other things that have been going on the last seven months that I'll possibly release mm-hmm. as a book. Um, so we'll see. Okay. Very nice. Yes. I'm excited to um to hear that because you know, a lot of people think that you know, one string, one string, yeah. one yeah. string. Like and I, I need tell numerous people, yeah. Yeah. So I had a, a meeting with my team this morning and you know, my I recently just decided cuz we were going publishing company with my book. Mm-hmm. And the you know, the publishing company, you know, they, you know, for whatever reason, we, we I thought we, I was getting promo, just miscommunication. I thought I was getting promo, but they're like, no, you're not getting promo until after you sell all these books. Oh. And I'm like, okay, so what do I need you for? Why do I need for? you for? Yeah. Oh, okay, no problem. So I got on a call this morning and I goes, yeah, team, so when one door opens, another you know, when one door mm-hmm. closes, another one opens. Mm-hmm. So guess what? We're starting a publishing company. <laughs> I love it. And they're like, what? Where did that? And I'm like, listen, you know, mm-hmm. things happen. And a lot of times you see what someone else does drop the ball at. And you just pick the ball up, keep bouncing it, and mm-hmm. then you shoot it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it goes in the net. Yes. Right. <laughs> and so that's where... I am. So I love to get, you know, other entrepreneurs takes on, you know, how you're saying, hey, I'm dipping my foot into the, you know, the self-publishing thing on my own. And and I think more entrepreneurs need to think, you know, they call it pivoting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, having that that pivot because out of, you know, I I like to liken it to for-profit and non-profit. So people always think, Oh, I'm not going nonprofit because you can't make any money. And that's the fallacy. And I go, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I go out of nonprofits come profit businesses. Mm-hmm. You you know, once you're running that business, you start to see, you know, oh, um, in doing this business, the need to tell people how to do podcasts right. came out. The need yeah. to well, let not people only that, you, know. You can draw a full salary. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, of that's course. just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. You can draw a full salary. At your choice, for the most part, mm-hmm. on you know, with your nonprofit. So yeah. whatever you're doing, 
Right. Is, it has get, to be you equal get paid to your, for it. Uh, it has to be equal to your um, schooling and your uh, experience. So please, people, <laughs> don't go correct. Don't cut yourself a hundred thousand dollar check, and your nonprofit is only making ten thousand dollars, and you only have like you know less than a high school diploma. We we need it to balance. <laughs> so as long as it balances, reason, absolutely, and your company can sustain that, you know, then yes, you can cut yourself. Well, and I think over the last seven months, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have made that pivot. Yeah, were forced to mm-hmm. those uh, that were able to. You those know, that again, were forty-seven percent of our companies have been closed. Mm-hmm. They're closed. And then how and many of startling, them? Startling. Yes. And and how many of them? Um, got the easy way out too that's true <laughs> you know well, we know it, a lot know of what people. we're talking about yeah <laughs> right well it was frustrating when i would read articles that talk about um you know people who misuse the ppe money and things of that nature and i'm like gosh you know how many businesses i know that would die for die that for money, that money. Mm-hmm. But that's the, and that's what we were talking about, where they knew they had, they weren't going to open the business back up and yeah. they, you know, used it yeah. for something totally different. Um, and it's like, it's a slap in the face, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's almost like, then why take it? Like, you know, just bill your insurance and keep it moving. Um, but, you Well, know, they didn't allow them to build insurance. I wasn't allowed to build mine. Really? Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Because the word pandemic wasn't covered in my cloth. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm, I mean, my losses are mounting. They're astronomical. Mm-hmm. And it goes, a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. Because and you already have a cost anyway before the pandemic. That, right. You know, um, we don't realize that if someone in grocery stores have the same problem, you have milk. Mm-hmm. No one buys that milk. You still have to count that milk in your loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's. Well, I'm know. hoping that you know, as as we move forward six months, twelve months from now, that there will be some type of funding or some type of programs to bring those businesses back because small businesses really are the backbone of this country. Um, they employ the most people. Think people think that large companies employ the most people. No, it's small businesses, small businesses. mom and pop businesses that that employ our neighbors, and um, that's what I'm hoping. Because even in my own community, a lot of the businesses have have closed, and it, it's sure. a shame, and I, I hate it. It's it's very um, it's very unfair. For an entrepreneur who had no control over something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Miss Rhonda. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> now you're in the hot seat. Miss Robin. <laughs> so, of course, we have our red ball here. Uh oh. And we're going to pick out three questions. Oh, actually, since you're at in, in studio guest, okay. you get to pick the oh, three Oh, I get to pick my own. Okay. Yes. So, you get the way the rules go, you get to pick three questions. Okay. You can look at all three of them. Okay. You get to decide which one you want to answer, Ooh. which one you want Naya to answer. All right. The hardest one goes to Naya. <laughs> and then Nana. which one you want me to answer. Okay. So, all right. So, shake the ball up good, Robin. You can give me the easy one, too, if you like. 
She'll take the hard These one. are all like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> when someone says that. Okay, well, I, I think these are all fit. I think they're equally okay. hard. Oh wow! So I think so. Is that where we're going, Robin? With some <laughs> I equally think they're hard. Like, if I'm gonna sweat, <laughs> everybody sweat. Everybody you know team member she is, y'all. <laughs> right, right. Equal All opportunity, right. right? This is a. Mm. Mm. All right, Miss Robin, read your question. Okay, and- my question is: How important is it for your partner to have a high earning or high status job? And I'm all about matching my hustle. So, you know, my partner is someone who we've been up for 20 plus hours working on something. You know, we've been up here trying to figure something out. And to me, that's sexy because it makes me feel like I'm not in it alone, Mm -hmm. you know, and that we have we both have this passion for independence and freedom. And we define freedom as I can wake up and choose what I'm doing today. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so have when you yeah, when you have when you're an entrepreneur, like we're already already thinking of okay, once the kids get to a certain age, what about if we live somewhere else for a while? Open a studio in Miami. Why not? Why not? <laughs> so yeah. that's what's sexy to me, and and that's what's important to me. Um, and looking back when we were first dating, we've been married for ten years now. But when we were first dating, he was someone who I saw was. Um, really dedicated and was a visionary so that's what's important i think it's it's important for me like you oh, have yeah. to match my hustle like, oh yeah you can't be at home playing video games yeah. and i'm out here grinding to the end Mm-mm. i i can't handle that yeah i i couldn't agree with you more all right naya <laughs> I'm in the hot seat. Hot seat. yeah this one is interesting it says is there something that would make your make your marriage or relationship beyond repair. Mm. There isn't much that I would say. There, there are obviously certain things. Uh, any type of theft. <laughs> any type of uh, you know misappropriation. <laughs> um, you know those kind of things. But for me, one thing about me is I'm a loyal person, and mm-hmm. and no one is perfect. And I'm typically, you know, the culprit in my relationship. Um, so I believe in accepting people for who they truly are, not who I want them to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as a result, most things I probably could get over. Mm. Like, again, unless it's just something just horrendous. Like, I can't get over a hit. Oh, like, like yeah. physical abuse? Yeah. Oh, no, no abuse at all. Right. Like, yeah. abuse is off offline. That's, that's, right. that's yeah. probably... But I know there's a lot of women that would say, oh, um, and this is me being real, if he cheated on me, I can't get over it. And I'm just saying mm-hmm. that I, I think probably... If, if I don't think... I don't think fidelity is a reason, unless it's a, a function of another thing, to get rid of a marriage, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't think... So. For me, I could eventually get over it and things could go back to a normal I think life. in marriage, that that is the case. But I think as girlfriend and boyfriend, when it's free to walk away... Right, yeah, we're dating. Then you're dating. Then <laughs> well, it depends on the level of dating because... Yeah, that's like, true. 
the love the love of dating because I know for me like I'll probably never get married, you know. Um so I mean, I think I again I as long as it's, uh, any type of abuse is off limits. Right. Mm-hmm. Abuse is off limits. Any type of theft, like you stealing my money, <laughs> you mess with my family's money or anything like that, that's off limits. But I just know I'm thinking in traditional terms the reason that women leave, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cheating or, you know, you know, I'm strict about money though, so don't mess with my money. <laughs> so back to the money. So listen, no, whatever no. you do, don't mess with her Doritos <laughs> and her <No> money. money. <laughs> like, mm. But for the most part, I could get over a lot of things. So my question, of course, I always get the heart. <laughs> that was hard. I know. That was a question. You just said Doritos and money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How would you react if someone cheated on you? Ooh. I think I had that one before, Lorena Bobby. I mean, I, you, um, you did. You I did. did. Okay. <laughs> my bad. My bad. I can't say Lorena Bobby again. Hashtag Lorena Bobby. But um. I, I, yeah. How would I react? So, do you leave or stay? So, I think I would have to set boundaries on staying. Okay. Um, it's not in. I think in today's society, it's so hard to say. You know, it's like almost. Every man almost thinks they have to have they get to get to women or something like that. So it's almost like, and and the women because they, so, they've glor they've glorified right, it. Right, I think well, so most too. men cannot handle two they, women. They they can't. Give them two women. They can't. But the thing is, is this right? The women are horrible now. Yeah, it's like they don't like they're okay care. with being a second. They're okay with being yeah. a second. They don't care. Yeah. They they throw they it's self. always been that way. I just think it's so out front now. Now right. it's like I don't care if you know I'm a side chick. Right. But before I don't it care. used to before it used to be like you know what I'm saying? It was something really that was a taboo type yeah, thing. Yeah. I think there was a respect though. We all know elderly people who like I I know um, someone who I grew up with, who her grandmother was a side chick, and mm-hmm. it was like they had children together and everything, but they never married, and the man was married to someone else. But there were boundaries. There was mm-hmm. like she didn't throw it in the wife's face. Mm-hmm. The wife knew, mm-hmm. but there were boundaries, and I think there was a, a level of respect, respect. That, that they that. Doesn't exist today. <laughs> That's yeah, why I say they, it's yeah. always been there. It's always it's been the undercurrent, but but now it's just like I don't care. I'm all on yeah. Facebook letting you know. Letting and, you know. And usually back then, a lot of times it was the men who addressed the situation. Like it was the men they who kept the peace. Yeah, no, I mean it was the men who hit on you mm. and who who put you in that position. Now it's the women that are like knowingly. I see the couple. I see you as a couple, right? And I'm still in your inbox, like, dude. Wow. You know, I. I it's very true. You know, dude. We can. We can. Or like it. attracted to men who were yeah. supposedly off limits. Ti I just had a. Ti I just did on his show, and he goes, "Yeah, so 
the women don't like the men that don't have hoes. Mm. Like that mm. they're attracted to the men. They not they're not attracted to the men that don't have hoes. Like literally meaning if I'm single, mm -hmm. they don't want him. They want someone who's But if you're attached in a relationship and then and then don't let them have money, then it's like all their <laughs> morals and standards just went out the window. It's like before it's like, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm the church woman that doesn't, right. you know what I'm saying? Oh my God, you're in a whole relationship. I can't <laughs> see it. But then it's like, well, <laughs> okay, just for you. What? Hmm. So. Do, do you think, well, because, you know, history repeats itself, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we go through moments of, you know, this morality, mm -hmm. whereby, you know, there are points where you wake up. And you're like, okay, this, I mean, how much further can this go? How, how much deeper? How, Sodom right. and Gomorrah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. how, how, how much, Yeah. you know, just how much degradation on traditional family are we going to allow this to happen? Mm -hmm. How, how much, how low is it going to go? Right. Is what, what I say. Because at the end of the day, all these entanglements, and I guess that's the word of 2020, <laughs> um, come with consequences, yes. which are children, mm -hmm. yes. right? Mm -hmm. That have, you know, that lady... You know, mm -hmm. they had those boundaries. So mm -hmm. those kids didn't know until they were an adult, probably. Mm -hmm. Until you almost got ready to date your brother. Right. You and they're like, like, no. Exactly. <laughs> or at a funeral. You know, I've but, seen where mm -hmm. someone's like, oh, you know, that's not your mm -hmm. dad. That he's your, I'm like, oh. <laughs> but, but that, and, and to your detriment, that's how we're raising the next generation is mm -hmm. that side chick is okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And. You're not even getting anything out of being a side chick. So it's like, yeah. They're just happy I to be. each his own. You know, you set the rules and how people treat you. Like my mother would always tell me, you know, you teach people how to treat you. You do. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't verbally say it, mm -hmm. you're teaching, you're teaching them, them mm -hmm. how to treat you. So if, if that's what you're accustomed to, if you're okay with it, you like it, I love it. Dang. But I, I think what happens is sometimes you go deeper and and youth is a huge factor. Mm -hmm. You don't really understand the magnitude of the decisions you're making. Of course. Well, no, so. that's some old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that note, Miss Robin, <laughs> what do you have coming up? <laughs> what do you have coming up soon? Well, I mentioned like this earlier, but we are um, opening up our second location in Midtown. Right at Woodward and Warren, across from the Wayne State um, University Welcome Center. I'm really excited about so it. So am I. It's closer to my house. And we might could be <laughs> on time. <Yes. laughs> closer to my house. Now, that studio will be a little different. So, you know, we consider this studio like the feminine one. That studio will be, you know, more chrome, gray, you know. We're dudes. Detroit-oriented. Yeah. So, we, it's just a different it. vibe. We can handle it. Um, and what I'm really looking forward to with that studio is is that it's going to be what we're gonna we're calling a teaching recording studio. So people will actually be able to learn audio engineering. So our goal and the focus is to create jobs for Detroiters who, hey, you know, if you know your nephew has always been the one making beats in the basement, now he can actually come to a school learn the ins well, I'm and outs. I'm signing my son up right now. I would love to get the certification and we can connect him to local recording studios so sure. he can, you know, start a Sorry. job or start a business himself. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. 
All right. Well, tell us how to get in touch with the Motor City Woman. Well, we are on all platforms at Motor City Woman. I have a few personal profiles, but I'm not really active on it. Every now and then you may see (laughs) some bangles that I bought or something. So (laughs) you want to follow at Motor City Woman. I'm at Robin Kenny um, for all the latest and greatest. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, boss ladies. Thank you for yes. sitting in the hot seat. <laughs> and you did a good job. You did thank a you very job. much. <laughs> All right. And we're out.